You're listening to Comedy Central. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Up with Nikki Glazer podcast without Nikki Glazer. I am Tom Takar, your sweet king of, of uh, Squirt Nation. Squirt Nation is what we call the listeners. Squirt, squirt. Uh, I am joined uh, by the... Uh, the butthole king, the butthole king, the <laughs> prince of pussy, Ian Finance. Hello. Uh, he puts a bib on when he eats that pussy. That's uh, right. Like <laughs> a, at a lobster restaurant. Hell yeah! So this is the podcast version of our show. It's a little, uh, it's it's little highlights and clips of what we do all week long. You can get a subscription to our to our show by by getting into serious. It's not that expensive. You can listen to us eight hours a week, and it's a good time. Uh, I'm going to throw you to some highlights from the last week of our throw show. It. I'm going to throw it up. Throw it. I'll catch so, it. This first one we've got is uh, it's me, Nikki, uh, my sweet dear friend and podcast co-host, Tommy McNamara. What we, podcast is we, that? We co-host Stand By Your Band together where comedians come on and defend music that they like that society shits upon. Whoa. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, And you've got a podcast there, Ian. Let's plug it up top. Oh, hey, all right. Ian Finance's Wild World, available on iTunes. Hell yeah. So in this clip, we have, uh, it's me, Tommy, and Nikki, and uh, and we also have, uh, in L.A., we have Carlisle Forrester, the queen of Squirt Nation. Wow, what a star-studded day. (laughs) Carlisle's on. And uh, I don't know if she talks during this clip, but just know that she's there with her presence. Um, and in this clip, Nikki talks about her star-studded life of being the babysitter for Judd Apatow. Ooh. Heard of him? Um, his <laughs> kids have provide Nikki some great stories, and it's a uh, it's a good time. Let's let's hear it. Uh, can you guys remember like early stories of, of people's success that maybe inspired you or were like, oh, I can do that. I, I'm asking a question that I don't even have an yeah. answer to that I'm trying to I as remember, I think about it. I used to listen to You Made It Weird all the time because I yeah. felt like it was Pete Holmes breaking as he was making that podcast. And it was Ooh, fun to hear him tell old stories about like going to the cellar or like opening for Bill Burr and bombing. And then Bill Burr saying like, yeah, you just didn't connect with them. Like you gotta meet them halfway or something. Like I love that shit. I still I love to hear like stories where people bomb. Where you're like, that guy's never bombed before. And you're like, okay, I'm yeah. human. He's it, human. I'm human. Everyone bombs. He made. He posted a video of the bomb. He's in Peoria, and it's really funny that he puts like Seinfeld music to it. It's really, oh, that's it's great. really good. <laughs> that's that's confidence I'm right there. I'm always interested in what people did for their. Side jobs, yeah, you know, that's like, what's I mine love too. Hearing those weird stories, like you I always hear about hearing... Brad Pitt dressing up like a chicken for Chick Fil A, <laughs> yeah. or like uh, El Pollo Loco. He dressed up like a chicken oh, wow. on the side of the road. Yeah, I just remember on one, I got one little inkling of something because Sandra Bullock said worked on... at a Hallmark store. <laughs> yeah, she said she was a cocktail waitress or something on Letterman, and I was like, oh, okay, good. So I'm doing it right. Yes, yes. <laughs> I babysat forever because it was the only job you like didn't need to like that's the easiest job as a girl is to babysit i always felt like it was just like, i hate children but i babysit a say? little bit it's awesome i think it's a yeah I, I i you eat their food yeah you, you once the they leave chips. you like yeah it, it was i actually ended up hating it because i don't i realize i don't like kids if they're not mine like yeah. some uh-huh. kids are special and they're great and i know that any teachers listening or people who've have kids or been like yeah you have favorites but like most of the time if they're not yours I used to have a joke about it in my act it was like I I, 
babysitting taught me what it was like to be a it's like your mom but you don't love them so it's like hard to actually do a good job because you want to be as they you want to believe when you hire a babysitter that you're the babysitter is going to treat your kids like the way you treat your kids but they're just not because they're not yours yeah. uh-huh. and so i would always say like yeah, I would let the kids watch TV all day because your kid's not going to be president. I don't care about your future. <laughs> I grew up watching TV. I turned yeah. out fine. So I would always just let them do whatever they wanted to yeah. it, like, a deg- like a, nothing unsafe. Yeah. But um, I would make them watch Not Safe. <laughs> I was babysitting well into hey, my. Those after com- <laughs> you guys are After Comedy Central canceled my show, I had to go back to basics and I would pull up repeats of Not Safe. No, I, I always let them watch TV or like, I used to actually do, one time I did this and I, I did this as a bit one time, I think, and it just didn't work because it was too real. And I think a lot of times when you make fun of the fact that I babysat and I was a bad babysitter, audiences can't handle it because they have babysitters at home with right. their kids and they go, mm. oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Because I go, you can easily be, get babysitting jobs because you're a girl and you smile a lot. Like people <laughs> trust you and they don't know what you're capable of. Yeah. Oh, but like shit. if I, I was just always nice and like obviously I was, I was a good babysitter. Kids liked me, but I wasn't like the best. But here's what I would do: I'd let the kids watch TV all day, and then I would, I and the, the kids when they're about like three to six years old, like they're not gonna really they they love they love winning. Okay, so like when you play a game with a kid that's three, I would say up to five. Let's say up to five. They love winning. So if you create a narrative in which they've won and they get to brag to their parents that they've won, you just give... So I would pretend like we had been playing board games all day and I would... While the kids watch TV, I would open up board games and strew... I would board games would be strewn across the floor. <laughs> Coloring books would be out. I would color with my left hand to make it look like their kid did it. I would create a whole day of evidence that looked like we had this packed day That's of so funny. activities when you and fun. Just done it. <laughs> and no, and I didn't want to because that would have been having to interact with the kid yeah. and like act interested in the kid. And I wanted to be on my phone or whatever I was doing in two thousand five, four, three. Um, snake. But I would, and then but if you tell the kid like. Hey, we played this game and you won. They su- and I'm like, you got to tell your mom you won. They're like, okay. <laughs> so the kid is like in on the lie. You don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And um and they watched TV and had a good time. You had a good time on your phone eating the <laughs> snacks. And uh, no one gets hurt except yeah. the parents who feel like their kid has done something with their day yeah. and they haven't. The only so thing I was is a like, bad babysitter. Do you ever worry that they had a camera on you and then they see you doing all that shit? <laughs> Um, no, that I happened didn't with ever dog walking. Where I remember there would be like, my friend did this thing. Uh, Josh Murphy is so funny. He did this thing when he was walking dogs where he knew where the camera was, so he would go away from the camera and like pretend to be like and having a great dogs. time with the dog, oh. but the dog hated yeah. him and he didn't want them to know. So then he was like off camera, not really interacting, but he would like yell into the camera, like, Hey, buddy, you're my friend, <laughs> but he was actually oh, yeah. not doing anything and then he realized yep. they had another camera <laughs> that oh my showed God. all of it it's so funny i um <laughs> that's i you know you do things like that when around the parents when they when they're because a lot when i moved to la all that all the babysitting jobs i got the parents worked from home and just needed someone there which is the worst as a babysitter because Ugh. the kids have access to the parents that if they start crying they run off to the parents like their parents are always there and the parents are watching you mm-hmm. you know they're in the next room so I would actually have to work. So I, I nannied for Judd Apatow, and I was I. How did wow. you get that gig? Oh, that's interesting. So when I moved to LA in two thousand, God, 
when did I move? 2006. I was here for two years, or about a year and a half, and then I, Dan Levy is a comedian, hilarious comedian. His now wife, girlfriend at the time, ran a babysitting service that would dis, that would have like a, a stable of, of babysitters and then she would get clients and then they would take a cut of your pet, but they would like dispatch babysitters. It was a great, uh, it, she was brilliant to start this business. But they all had a bunch of celebrity clientele. So Dan got me in with her. One day I ran into her partner at the improv, like her uh, babysitting service, partner thing chick and she goes hey we just got a new client Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann they're interested in a babysitter would you want that gig wow. if it if they wanted you and I was like yes I love Yummy. them and <laughs> I need a job and so she goes cool uh you'll go meet them so I went and met I think I did like a phone interview with like their assistant or something just to come in and then and then I showed up for the first day and drove into Judd Apatow's estate. That's so crazy. It was, I was so nervous and so scared, but his kids were so, like... They were little then, right? Is this before so the little? they already movie yeah. stars? No, they had, I think they had just shot Knocked Up. Uh, maybe it was the summer before Knocked Up came out. So they were already in the movies, but they were young children, so they didn't have any concept of like being in movies. They weren't like big timing me or anything they were, just- <laughs> they were having you get them coffee <laughs> yeah no they were just adorable kids and um they were just kids i think iris was four at the time and i think maud was nine i think around mm. that um and it uh and sorry i just got a text that really disturbed me oh no and uh-huh. um yeah no it's okay so anyway so they were um and, and it was really funny because Maude just like wasn't having like she just was like you're a comedian I remember her being like you're a comedian and I'm like yeah because I wasn't trying to like get that that was not my angle of being like I'm a comic Judd right. you know like I was just there to do a job I was never trying to like angle for anything <laughs> but I remember they found out and Judd like maybe told her or something and she's like so you're a comedian and I'm like yeah and she's like you're not funny at all. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> You're so not funny. wrong. I have never been funny in front of you. But the kids were, Maud was so funny. I remember early on being like, oh, damn it. This girl is like going to be so much funnier and more talented than I will ever be. Because one time we were making a cake. I was making a cake with the little girls. That was like our project for the day. And we were baking. And uh, and she made this cake. And um Oh, I, they, I go. What are we gonna decorate? What was the, what? What's the celebration? Like it was just a cake box that we found, and we were like, we'll just make a cake, and there was nothing to celebrate. And she was like, let's do Kwanzaa, and it was like summertime, and I was like, okay. So we're like <laughs> writing Kwanzaa, and we were like, and so we 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 put candles on it, and I remember we were like, I was like, should we sing a song? And they're like, yeah, and I was like, okay, I was like, happy Kwanzaa to you. So I started singing happy birthday song, and I remember Maude going, happy Kwanzaa to you. Happy Kwanzaa to you. And she goes, I don't know what your holiday means, but we're going to celebrate it anyway. And I was like, I remember being aghast at how funny that was for like a seven-year-old, however funny. old she was. It was so funny. And, um, Damn, but she... She was so she was so funny and she was like so I would I just wanted her to think I was funny too because she was funny and cool. She yeah. was like already cool as an 8-year-old or That's whatever so she was. That's tricky. How do you be funny to an 8-year-old, you know? I it, you she do? did not want any of like I remember one time she uh 
I have so many stories from them that the, all my stories about babysitting for the Apatows were are good. They were like my favorite family to babysit for, obviously because they stand out to me because they're like a famous family, but they were just a lovely family, like family goals, hashtag fam goals. Like yeah. I would love to have a family like they do. And um, from what I could tell, a marriage like that, like everything just seemed fucking great but I remember Maude would like bully me sometimes and she would be really mean to me because like a like a little girl can be especially when her parents are leaving and she's like I have to be with this bitch all day <laughs> so I remember one time she like she just had an attitude with me one day in front of her mom oh, and no. I just kind of like put up with it you know I was just like oh Maude like that was me and Maude's dynamic at the time when and and I remember she was just like I don't want to do that or you know just snapped at me in a uh-huh. way that I deserved <laughs> and um Cause she just like could see through my shit. She's just like, you're a comedian. You smell like cigarettes. No one likes you. Like oh you're God. broke. You drive a fucking Jesus. Honda Civic. No you one li- hook like. Up with I just, Rosa. Yeah, she like. She oh, that knows. wasn't even happening yet. But she was just like grossed out by me, and right, rightfully so. Like she saw through me. And um, and I remember she did it in front of Leslie. Like Leslie hadn't left for work yet. And um, and Leslie goes. Um, excuse me, Ma. Like she heard it from the other room, and Maud didn't know that Leslie heard. It. And she goes, "Excuse me, Maud." Um, and she, Leslie looked at me and she goes, "Is that how she talks to you?" And I was like, "I mean, kind of." And I'm like staring <laughs> at the floor. And she like goes, "Maud, you get over here right now." And she took Maud in the other room and like yelled at. Like she had to reprimand Maud for how she was treating nice. me. Wow. Like I was like, "Thank you, Leslie." Like I felt <laughs> so like understood by Leslie. That's so and then, funny. And then Maud like kind of rolled her eyes. Like I guess I have to be nice to you until mom leaves. <laughs> but um. And then I met Maude years later on the set of Trainwreck, and she was like a, now this like young blossoming woman, and now she's like this actress. Beautiful. I follow both them both on Instagram, and I lo- I love those girls so much because I I I played, you know, Barbies with them, and like yeah. you, and I kicked Iris in the face once when I <laughs> challenged her to a um. Uh, what, no, she challenged me to no, Ma, so Maude, to you know, a face had, kicking contest. Yes, so Maude and I were sw- we were all swimming in their pool one day, and um, and J- I remember Judd was still J- Judd was there working on a script or something with uh some writers, so he was at, at the house, but like you know in a different wing, and we were out in the backyard swimming, and Maude was like, I bet I could beat you in a. You know, I could bet it, bet it could beat you in a race. And I'm a really good swimmer. So I was like, yeah, right, mom. <laughs> and I, I should have just let her win because she's a child, but I like really wanted to try. And so I was like, let's do breaststroke. And so I kicked off the wall and Iris was like, I'll watch you guys. I'll like, I'll, um, I'll be behind you and do like a, I'll, I go, Iris, you, you follow behind us and, and see who wins. Okay. And she was like, okay. And she had her goggles on and she's behind us. I kick off the wall and Iris kicks off right behind me and I do a breaststroke kick, <laughs> oh, which is a hard no. kick. Oh, no. And I feel my heel hit Iris's face. Oh no. And I, I immediately stopped. So I lost the race. Dang. Thanks Iris. <laughs> and Maude wins. But I turn around and Iris is just like, like screaming, (laughs) rightfully so. I kicked this poor child. Like, my heel went into her eye socket. Like, I felt contact. It was awful. When you actually hurt a child, and especially with, you know, and and I could tell that it wasn't like an action, like, she wasn't, it it felt really bad, and I'm sure it felt crazy bad to her, but she wasn't like bleeding or anything. Right, right. But- or bruised or anything, but yeah, she, got, she climbed out of the pool and her, children do oh it underwater. 
Yes, do it underwater where it's kind of slow motion. No one can trace it. There are no cameras. That's the sort of tips you can get on you up. <laughs> <laughs> she got out of the water and she was like, uh, she was like, uh, she was like, Dad! And it went goes screaming to Judd, and I'm like chasing her out of the water in my like swimsuit, and there's like writers. That, it's so embarrassing, and she's like, Nikki kicked me, Nikki kicked me, and I was like, I accidentally hit her in the head with my with my foot, which is like kicking. Yeah, that's a nice way to say kicking. I accidentally hit her in the head with my foot. That's a kick. And um and uh, God love Judd Apatow and that whole family. This is why I love them. Like I've had so many kids do this kind of thing where their parents get home and the and the, the I one one girl I babysat for in high school. We were in it. We she wanted to have like a tickle fight, and you know like how tickling goes from being fun to like not fun yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, there it. was that moment and the and I like was tickling her and she just like started crying and I was like oh my god oh my god you know like it got to the point where she was laughing and then she was like no and I was like I'm sorry you know and I remember her parents got home and she was like Nikki hit me like she said uh, I hit her and I was like no uh, I didn't what happened was we were in a tickle fight and she just got a little bit overwhelmed and I didn't you know and I explained it and they were like trusted their daughter more which uh, they should like if your child says someone hits you trust your child even though this one was lying <laughs> like, <laughs> but you should trust your default to trusting your child like why not you know um it's your kid that's where your alliance should lie but judd judd like knew what had happened he knows an accident like he was a cool parent that was just like he just like hung out with us and like made jokes and got in the pool and like made everything okay and i just mm. always really appreciated him for that because he could have like fired me that day uh -huh. of yeah. like kicking his daughter in the face and she was so upset but it was um it was really like thank god for that um and you never babysat carlisle i mean a little bit I, I still do sometimes. I remember when Natasha and Moshe were here, and you were like, I'm free to babysit. Yeah. And Natasha's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you should take her number. And she's like, um, I think yeah. I have I'll, it. <laughs> I think, and I'm like, you totally don't. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Just and like I want say to it, and I'll remember it. <laughs> she's not writing <laughs> All right, this is Tom and Ian back for some more. Howdy, howdy. Wow, we're having a good time here in this studio. Great tickling time. each other. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh um, the haunted tickle. <laughs> uh, we're going to listen to another clip here. Uh, this next one, Nikki was in Los Angeles this week. Um, and, you know, it was hard for me and Ian seeing her through a computer screen. But in this clip, we got to also see the wonderful faces of Ben Glebe and Lizzie Cooperman. Wow. Squirt. Power couple. They're not together, but. They're still a power couple in my mind. Very powerful. Um, great guests, so fun, and we talked about having uh, having uncomfortable conversations. We brought up some stuff that uh, Lizzie doesn't normally talk about. She's a brutish little lady, and uh, and we uh, we pushed the limits. Um, it's really fun, and here they are. I want to talk Sometimes, a little bit about you know. um, masturbation. Um, what what Lizzie? I, I you're like kind of. You're 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 a lot more Lizzie. sexually open today than you normally are on oh. air or on stage. Like I always remember, Lizzie Cooperman is one of my best friends of over fifteen years now. I think, right? Yeah, I'm about seventeen years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been friends forever, and you. Yeah. I always remember you being like, I could never talk about sex on stage like the way you do, and I'm like, oh my right. god, I could. Well, I can never what? do what you do on stage, which is like do characters and like be so physically vulnerable 
Can I it's just different. say, I have tried to talk about sex on stage, and people generally are used to not like hearing me talk about it. Huh. And I think it's because I... I always I have a weird thing around older people. And now that I'm I'm older, maybe it would be different, but like if I remember I actually used to have a joke about how I felt or guilty ordering jalapeno poppers around old people. Yes, that's the same. Because it was like why do, why do we have to make old people say jalapeno poppers? Why am I saying it? It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Yes, I love that joke. And like that, making old people that's subs- really like funny. do new things yeah. is like so humiliating. Yeah, like, let having them, them order a triple berry blast. Is like just, <laughs> let them order a strawberry shake. Yes, yeah. good point. So Simple. And and yeah, I, I see how that's the same as like doing stand up comedy yeah. and talking about your sex life with old people watching. Right. You're like, I just don't want to make them uncomfortable. Yeah, or- like when I smoked, I hated when they would see me smoke. Oh, if I talk about sex, I feel like they're look. I feel like something weird. weird with your grandparents happened. Yeah, because oh. you had some kind like, of. Experience. I'm like, oh, tell me. You had <laughs> to I feel you like old people yeah. like know. I mean, they know about sex. They've been around. Yeah, I was gonna say like. I think making them say triple berry blast is way worse because I don't do a lot of sex material, Mac, but like I've noticed when I do make, especially in crowd work, I'll make like a sexual joke. Uh-huh. The old people are the ones laughing the hardest. Exactly. Like, they don't know about- they've been banging longer. They, they don't know, know about triple is. berry blast, but they know about triple finger blast. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. yeah. And right. you, in nursing homes, sex is like, that, like it, there are t- so many new STDs because yeah. I've been visiting there regularly. Because <laughs> Tom's been volunteering. <laughs> because they don't clean the bedpans. Yeah. Because they don't use condoms because they never did when they were young. Because right. AIDS right. wasn't and a thing when they were young. Pregnant. They're just banging rampantly, passing That's the plague true. around. They really shit. are. They're they're cholera spreading around. In when there. I did not save my show about sex and Comedy Central, that was a constant topic submitted, which was like, let's go to nursing homes and talk about the STD right. epidemic. And I'm like, teen boys don't want to know about that. So. We should have done STD bingo in a nursing home. That is hilarious. <laughs> Which one has it? Yeah, I'd be like, That's gonorrhea, so antibiotic resistant gonorrhea. That <laughs> That's a lot of letters, though. <laughs> oh, that would just be one word in the script. Oh. It's like car bingo. <laughs> Honey, I make my own bingo. Um, but okay, but so. But I do feel more open about it today. I don't know why. Maybe no, I'm I, like excited. I'm kind of excited. I love that you're more open about it because you have so many funny things to say. Because I've been friends with you forever, oh. and all we do is talk about sex and dating and stuff and then I, I want to see that more in your comedy so I'm really glad you're like open okay. about it today okay. because well tomorrow I'll bear all and <laughs> <laughs> Nikki's not there I'm like this one time I fucked a soup can <laughs> 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 Wait, Nikki Nikki <laughs> that sounded real Nowhere to that be sounded kind of real I sounded like dancing <laughs> what kind of soup can we talking Campbell's was it wholesome American Campbell's wholesome Campbell's is it homestyle <laughs> chunky? Campbell's has but, the skinny cans too, so that's yeah, it's mm. a little better Lizzie, for you. Wait, oh, totally. I, I, since I've Call discovered a new Jizzy, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious Jizzy. Uh, oh my god, Jizzy Superman, <laughs> Canterman. Um, when like I just got into masturbating and learned like to yeah. really love it and like like look forward to it, mm. and I feel like. I will often talk to, like, I'll be at lunch with my girlfriends and they're like, what are you going to do now? And I'm like, I'm going to go home and probably masturbate. Like, I talk right. about it like 
it's like and part I part of your schedule. Schedule, and yes. I feel like you also will like you'll be like, oh, I need to do that. Like I yeah, haven't done yeah. it. Like we'll talk about it. Like it's a th- it's like laundry. Like my mom needs to do that for me later. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I, it's just like a task, and I want to know for you what is um if you're like I need to masturbate. Like what are your what's your protocol there? What do you what do you do? Do what, you, like, is it change every me time? To need to do it? Y- yes, and then what do you what is your um Process. approach? Process. Thank you, Ben. Welcome. Things that make me want to do it are I can't stop thinking about someone. That's mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I need to take care of. And I'm ex- and I'm excited to like think about them in every yes. way. Yes. Like what if this happened? What if this happened? What if this yes. happened? So that's one narrative. Um, my other one is I'm so stressed out. I don't know what to do. And sometimes when I'm stressed, this is so. This is so personal. Okay. Uh, I take a soup can. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I throw soup cans. That's not the cream of sex. mushroom. I just. I take soup cans from I, the homeless. I butt chug <laughs> cream of mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I take soup cans. <laughs> I find I a realize, soup drive. No, I realize sometimes, you know, like kids will be nervous and like grab Low their, sodium. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just trying to think of other soup. Split like, pea barley. Kids will be nervous to like grab Chunky. their penis Healthy or whatever. Choice. Like, I yeah. feel like when kids do that, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, God, and I'll be like, I am oh, like you need grabbing to... my. You're like literally about to like you're like a kid would, and I, I just like grab it. Yeah. When I'm alone. Yeah. And then I'm like, that's so weird. I'm no, like, it's not. And then I'm like, oh, I probably just need to go like masturbate. Yeah. I don't like walk around like. Rolling. And then what do you do? <laughs> I've though? just noticed it lately, where I'll just be like, press on. Okay, it. so you get home, you walk in the door, <laughs> and you're like, I'm gonna master. Do, is it more of like a I'm I'm home, I'm gonna masturbate, or no. is it like you're just be like on your computer and be like, oh, I think I need to masturbate right yeah, now. Yeah, I think I need to, or yeah, it's kind of like a spur of the moment decision. Or if I decision. see someone, I'm like, I have to go home and do take you care just of use your hand? Do you use porn? Do you use toys? Like I, what's I going on? I love water. I still love. The- like yeah. a faucet. Yes. Is you my love uh, I like that better than toys. Like a, t- or a bathtub a leaning toy under. Is too, like I know what it's like I don't like to be like this is the tool for this. Oh, mm-hmm. see, I, I like love it to that. Be a little that. more slightly more nuanced. Uh-huh. Okay, but 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 when you say water, do you have a detachable shower head or no, do I you... like to go press myself right up against the bathtub. Yeah, lay on the bathtub. Yeah, like, but, like, like I put my feet up, yeah, I turn yeah. the thing on and then yeah. I just like and then you can yeah, really yeah. control it because yeah. you can kind of like shift around. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you have a yeah. lot of control there. Warm yeah. or cold? Uh, I would say warm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Anything of course. Cold. But I've, I've gone through the cycle to where I can't get there and then it gets cold and I've, st- I've stuck it through. Oh, yeah. wow. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, through the cold. We're You're in a drought right now because winter. Cooperman <laughs> can't use a toy. Uh, <laughs> so sure it is. Ooh. Tom and Ian back for some more. Hello. 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 Squirt, squirt. <laughs> squirt, squirt. Um, this next clip, uh, once again, Nikki is in LA. Andrew Collin, the dog lisperer, is here with me in the studio. Ow, ow. Uh, and you guys saw Andrew's show last night. That gets plugged a lot. I, yes. I don't know if it'll be on the show on this show, but uh, they saw it. They said it was great. So big fan, dad if you're fan. Somebody who, Wonderful show. <laughs> a lot of dad fan talk today. Yeah. You're gonna have to subscribe to Sirius to hear that sort of stuff. Um, so in this clip, yeah, Andrew is here with me. Allison Rosen is in L.A. with Nikki, and we talk a little about uh, dating as a woman. Ooh. 
something you'll hear a lot on this show, and you get a lot of insight. Um, here they are. I want to ask you, because I was just lamenting about the fact that I don't want to date because I hate that the idea of going on a date means that there's this expectation that some you might have sex with this person. And yes. I don't like walking into a coffee shop with that expectation. I just don't, I don't like to owe anyone anything. I don't mm. like the obligation. And so I prefer to just meet, I every guy I've ever gone after has just been someone I'm friends with or in my, you know, comedic sphere that I just, I don't know if you heard me say this, but I, 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 I just, I, I like the idea of them going like, Wait, does Glazer like me, or mm. would she ever like me? I like the idea of it More naturally. Organic. Yeah, instead of be, it being on the table before you even meet. What, yes. That, how did you I, feel when you dated? I felt that way. Yeah. I relate so strongly to what you're saying. I oh, always preferred to like the guy more than he liked me. Yeah. I mean, that was my pattern for years. It was always going convincing for, them. Yes, winning them over. Yes. Um, which I think is almost the more then you're almost kind of in the role of being the pursuer. Like, that's the more classically male role, I think. Um, But I preferred that because I knew that I would get so hung up on guys that I liked. If if they didn't like me back, I would become not obsessed, but like I would think about them so much. And I think I didn't want to trigger that in someone towards me. Yes! I didn't feel the same because yes. that's like such a burden. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, it. you're, you're, you're hitting it for me right now because that's true. Like I don't want, I think that so often girls are the ones that are like, oh, I like him so much and he doesn't like me. And guys are the one that re- reject us. But I, I have broken some hearts and it doesn't feel good to right. do that. And I, and I don't want to do that. To, and, and guys, guys can get attached too pretty hard when when something seems casual or what even when both people parties know that it's casual they can get attached to and I don't want to do that to someone right and I'm so awesome like I right, am gonna, a ca- yeah get a case of the Nickies yeah they're gonna they're gonna fall for me if I give them a chance to and as and they should because I'm great but like I don't want I, yeah, I, I would like to just keep it at a distance where I'm in control, but you're right. It is more the masculine role that I'm falling mm-hmm. into, and I've learned from reading a book that Whitney Cummings recommended to me. I ran into her last night, and I go, that book has changed my life and changed all of my friends' lives and changed my listeners' lives. And she's like, if you ever save the name of that book, and I'm like... Bitch, please. I d- the name of the book is so humiliating. I'll tell you off air. Yeah, if you want to know. know the name of the book, you can always Instagram message me and I will let you know what it is. But it is a book about choosing. It was written in the 90s and it's like falls into the category of the rules, ladies. Mm. Like men are from Mars. Like that kind of like uh, era of uh, self-help books. But it is about, it's about choosing a f- feminine role or the masculine role. And when you're in the feminine role and if you want a guy to nurture your feelings, which are all these things when I get in relationships, I go, why doesn't he ever ask how I am or care how I am or hold me when I cry? And it's like, bitch, because you went into this being the pursuer. Right. You hold him when he cries. That's your roles. So there's a book that my therapist, because I did not know how to date at all. Yeah, tell me. I was me. very, very confused about how it all works. And I would go on a couple of dates with a guy and feel like, why is why is it not already progressing faster and I think I I thought of guys as my boyfriends who I was this is none of this is flattering this is all humiliating but I was just such a mess in that whole department I remember you being that mess and it's so funny that (laughs) you you. walk in here (laughs) with a child and married and of career like you're just 
I but you you're at your as at your core you're still that girl I am that I I love and related to so much and and knew instantly that I was like oh she's just like me and um and I love that you haven't lost that about Thank you. you so so yeah so you came so, from a place of that yes yeah. so there was this book that my therapist recommended and I'm just wondering if it's the same book. I would love to say what it, it is it was Mars and Venus on a date no okay okay that what is, is that also, that's John Gray Mars men are from yes. Mars women are from Venus um. I remember slinking into the bookstore and like <laughs> skulking around the self-help section, like looking both ways. I don't want anyone to see me. And then buying that book, and then I would go to the gym and read it. And I was so embarrassed, like I should have hid it in another book. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Um, Kindles were invented to avoid. Yes. That. Oh yeah, you're right. This was pre-Kindle, so <laughs> that's a good point. I always read on my phone all these embarrassing books because it's yeah, that's you don't. They you don't need to seen. start making these titles more. Um, they do like. Less embarrassing, cool yeah. Cool girls and the guys who love them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you read this book, yeah, Men, so Mars and Venus on a Date. And what Mars was the- Mars and Venus on a Date. And it talks, there's like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Get it breaks it. it down. I can't remember exactly, but like there's five different stages of dating. Yeah. But basically, I think this book- would help you because okay. it explains that there's really no harm, no foul in just going out with someone and trying to figure out if you might be a match. Like this feeling that you and I, that you have and that I had of there's obligation, there's expectation. The person might think, oh, I can see by the look on your face that you're like, you're, you're yes. uncomfortable already. I'm, I'm pained. I hate yeah, it. That like there's expectation that I'm going to hurt their feelings if I don't like them, that even by going on a date, that means something's going to happen like no 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 throw I mean it's hard but if you can like throw that all away because really it's just about you're just meeting them to see if maybe you want to see them again and that's okay I think that's understood like Andrew and Tom would you guys agree that that's what a first date is yeah for sure it's that's just exactly yeah I think I mean, sometimes it progresses into a lot, but like it's, I think that that initial thing is but just. The, but I hate, it's so awkward. I mean, I, I'm not saying anything new. Dating is awkward. It's uncomfortable. All these things. I just, I, given the choice to do it or not, I'm just like, it's easier to just go, no, of I'm course. not going to do it. Yeah. But that's what dating guys that you don't feel compatible with is like. Because the second it's someone that you, you like, I. I imagine yeah. it's going to feel different. Yeah, I guess I sure. beat myself up because these guys are like so hot or whatever. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I would. I see that guy across the room, and I'm like, I hope he asked me out. And then he does, and I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't want to do it. So I, I want the validation of them wanting me, but I don't want uh, beyond that. I just. I, I just want, get so you do scared. Want more than that, though. You talk about it all the time. I think I don't know that I do honestly. Like I think I that think, when yeah, good. I wonder if when because there are great guys asking me out, guys that on on paper it's like wow, this guy would be a great boyfriend. He seems to really like me. He's pursuing me. He's asking me questions. He's so hot. I can't wait to show you this one guy. He's like the hottest guy I've ever been pursued by. Mm. I'm the one that's kind of like we're talking on a dating app. We haven't even moved to texting, and it's been months and months of this, and. I, I just, I think part of me goes, am I not into him because I'm not moving this forward or am I scared because he seems so great? And that, I don't trust myself. And so mm. now I'm scared to meet him because I'm scared that we've built up this, like ex the expectations are so high at this point for talking for months on this app. And I'm like, I've wasted his time. I mean, I'm, I'm wasting his time no matter what. So I might as well meet him. Yeah, you should meet him. But I don't think you're wasting his time. Yeah, He's I don't an think adult. so either. 
he's half of this. Mm-hmm. You, you're yes. taking on so much responsibility for the relationship. Like, yeah. It's really not. No, I'm doing the masculine thing again. Yeah. Of like, I, it's he might not be no, into me. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, there's no way. But I was gonna. <laughs> but that's a possibility too. Like you're both on equal footing here. Yeah, yeah that's so. a good. I need to consider that. Like he might not be into me. Sure. Like why do I think I'm gonna go in right. there and he's just gonna want everything with yeah. me? Were and, you? In a relationship, or do you have a history? Five of being, years being responsible for all the guys. The Every guys single guy. I I, I would. I want to ask you about this too, like, because I think we are kind of cut from the same cloth. Of um, I remember the first guy I ever really had a crush on, and I had a crush on him for years. We were friends at first, and in high school, and he he, he then he got a girlfriend, and I liked him even more, and we were best friends, and he kind of knew I liked him because I told everyone about it, and um. And then he broke up with his girlfriend for me. And I I loved this guy for years. It was like my identity in high school that Nikki likes Doug. <laughs> it was like everyone knew it about me. <laughs> and then it's it, he broke up with her for me. And I instantly wasn't into it anymore. Because I just, I was so scared of having to kiss a boy. I'd never kiss a boy. I was scared of all those things. So I think I'm still in that... I'm still scared of like, I'm scared of intimacy, I think, is what it boils down to. Well, I heard you saying earlier that you're feeling really asexual right now. Yes. And I was thinking maybe you're just going through a phase where you just need to take a break. Yeah. That's always been my thing. Like, I can't, I could, you know, the advice to date more than one guy at at once so that you don't get too hung up on any one guy. I could never successfully do that. There was so many times in my life where I tried and I would be dating two guys and there was always one that I really liked and it was usually Mm -hmm. the one that was wrong for me. And then there was one that I thought I should like and I'll go out with him. And I began to feel like I was... I felt like I was whoring myself out and I wasn't even sleeping with him. But I just felt like I know I'm not into this guy. Like, I can't keep this up. I just... For me, it never worked to date if I wasn't into the guy. How did you meet your husband? Um, so I was on the Adam Carolla show. Yeah. And I received an email from this guy who said that he had... So I was a writer for years, and then I sort of switched to broadcast stuff. Yeah. I received an email from this guy who said that he had read something that I had written, and it, it was an emotional... Uh, like a... Yeah, like an emotional thing I had had written, um, emotional confessional thing, and he really related to it. Wow. And what was it about? Do you mind saying? It was about... Um, a family member who was sick and it was about being in the hospital with this person and like my fears about what was happening. Okay. Um, and he had a friend who was also going through something similar and, um, he was moved by that. And then I think he read something else that I wrote, which was about, um, it was about, you know, Thomas, like that terrible artist, Thomas Kincaid. Yes. I went through a phase where I liked Thomas Kincaid. That's hilarious. (laughs) I worked at the OC Weekly and my editor was like, oh, you have to write about that. So I wrote about it. And then in the story, I talked about um, how a friend of mine committed suicide. Yeah. And when I was deeply in mourning, I found that looking at these images brought me solace. Even though I recognize that like, I don't, I feel like I'm not the kind of person who should like Thomas Kincaid. Like I should like, you know, edgy art, but just there's something about these really simple, nostalgic Disney images. I love it. I wrote it years ago. I honestly think it might be the best thing I've ever written, which is depressing. It's depressing because (laughs) I have a lot of life left to to live. (laughs) I think I I peaked young writing wise. But anyway, he and then he he uh, read that and and talked about how that had meant something to him. So I was not always in the habit of writing back randoms who wrote to me. But because he talked about real stuff in my writing, I, I wrote back. And then we started just a little bit of an email correspondence. And I looked him up on Facebook and I was like, oh, he's cute. Um... And then he asked if we could be Facebook friends. And then 
we just kept this up for a little while and he asked me if we could meet for dinner and I remember I had a date that night. Like Whoa. and I wasn't really dating much at this time. And had had you in these email interactions and Facebook and everything, had it ever taken a like not sexual but like oh we could be into each other turn? Was it just not friendly? Not really, but there was I think I had and maybe you have a similar thing. I had this block against potentially meeting or dating anyone who was, was a, fan. a fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So when Which why would that be a like that they should be a fan. Like Yeah, but at the same it yeah. this is almost like a safety issue. Yeah. Yes. Totally, totally. Yeah. So on my way out to go on this date, which I I don't think I was that excited about, when I got this email from him where he suggested that we go to dinner, I remember feeling kind of happy about it, but also thinking like, but I'm not but I am not going to go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was ha- like the whole time I sort of there was something different about his emails than any I just like some somewhere in my brain I flagged this as like this is a different kind of relationship is a different kind of guy. I want to get to know him even though this is weird. You would see mm-hmm. his emails there would be like, you would get a f- excited. Yes, almost like the feeling that I would have when I have a crush on someone. Like yeah. oh there's like something secret and magical in this world. Yeah. So then by the time I got home, he had already taken it back. Like he rescinded. He's like <laughs> He like he's like I'm sorry. Sometimes I get over eager. Blah blah blah. And I was like, that's weird. I ha- I hadn't even said no. Right. And then, um, by the way, I think he would die if he knew how much detail I'm going to uh, talk about that's... all this. But he uh, had a publishing. He he had a publishing company that he was starting with a couple friends. And he's like, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. I think you might be the perfect person to write this kind of book that we're looking to do. Is that something you'd be interested? in? And then it totally shifted the way that we interacted to something that was much more com- I was much more comfortable because it was a professional thing. Yes. So then we were just talking about that and then he suggested we get together and meet and he could give me some some books and we could talk about it. And I knew I think he thought that I I, he was like being real sly and like I really wouldn't figure out that like you're the same guy who had asked me out you know yes. some weeks before yes so we met um, and so he was local this wasn't someone that was I was in Orange County at the time okay and he was in LA okay yeah so we met at the Standard which for people who don't know is like a very hip spot I don't know if it's still yes. hip but it was, it's the it's probably it's like the On only Sunset? time I think it was downtown. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the only time we ever went to a cool, hip place. Because the truth is that (laughs) neither of us are those people. Um, But that night we did. No, that's a cool place to be. Yeah, yeah. And we just, we talked for a long time. And then I remember when I got in the car to drive home, as soon as I got in my car, I instantly wanted to text him. Like, I just wanted to keep talking. And then we hung out as friends for a while. I told him that I was not in a position to be in a relationship at that time. Because you sensed that that was... That was on the table, though. Yeah, I felt like it. It yeah. was. Yeah. Um. And I had just moved back from New York. I was, I didn't have my own place yet. I was living with my parents in Orange County. Yeah. I just felt like there's no way I could be good. Like there's no way I'm going to meet the right person when my life is in flux like this. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, you know, I don't. Be- just so you know, I don't believe in the friend zone. I think that if two people are meant to be together, eventually they will be together. And. Um, I haven't put you in any category. I just don't think it'd be right for me to get into a relationship now. And then that night when he went to hug me, like we both, our heads both kind of turned at the same time and then we kissed and we've been together ever since. Oh, Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Wait, the night you had the, the, the friend night, zone? Yes. The, the thing you said? Wow. Yes. Isn't that so, so weird? funny. He says that he was just going for my cheek. So I don't know what happened. But, but that's the weird thing is I always wonder like, what if we hadn't kissed that night? 
I suspect we just probably would have. Eventually, you would have yeah. gotten yeah. together. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, um, you were saying all of those things because you were scared, mm-hmm. but you really wanted it, and you knew you did. I think that that yeah. that getting in the car and being like, "I want to keep texting," it, like that's when you know, right? I just felt so drawn to him. Mm-hmm. Everyone just says when you meet that person, or it's easy. It was it, did so it feel easy. way it was, easier than anything else? Yes, yes, it was so easy. There was no game playing. Um, I remember after the first time we slept together, and it felt like we waited a long time, but in in actual chronological time, I don't think it was that long because we were hanging out so much, but I felt like I was really like, I'm not going to rush into anything. Um, I remember thinking, well, no, he said to me that he had a really heavy week week at work or something like that, so he probably wasn't going to, he was going to you know, wasn't going to be able to see me till the weekend or whatever. Maybe it was the beginning of the week or something. And I remember thinking, if he's going to pull away, now's the time. Yep. But I felt calm about it. It's kind of like, well, I'll just wait and see what happens. You know, like, I hope I hope this is not over. God. But And then he texted me, like, the next day. And then and I, and I then he, at some point, he texted. And it's like, when can I see you again? And, yeah, so he didn't pull away. But I remember thinking, I wonder if he's, I wonder if, if he's going to now. Did he ever, yeah, but you, uh, you were just ever... calm the whole time. I was. Did he ever what, publish? Andrew? Did he ever publish the book? No, <laughs> that particular book never happened. <laughs> All right, that was a great little clip. Uh, Wonderful clip. You have a good time listening to that clip. Yeah, I'm gonna listen again. Hold Let's on, listen to it second. real fast. Ah, what a clip! <laughs> that, that was, was a fun. <laughs> uh This next clip, also a clipperoony, uh, <laughs> Looney Clipperoony. We have the one and only Ian Finance is here in New York with me. That's right, and NYC uh, boys. What's up? And East across Coast. and across the pond uh, in <laughs> Los Angeles, far across the pond, uh, the other way. You, uh, we had Nikki in studio with Nicole Buchanan, someone she met at roast battle tapings uh, for comedy. Central, check those out online. Um, That's the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicole was a great guest. We got a lot of tweets about uh, yeah. about that episode. People said it was powerful. Uh, Nicole talked about um, her suicide attempt. She yes. also throughout the episode we 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 kind of covered a lot of stuff and it, it spaced out through whole throughout the whole episode. So I don't know exactly which part we're going to listen to right now. But we talked about energy drink addiction. Yes, we talked about her working at Starbucks, which yes. uh, Nikki was very obsessed about. Very. Yeah, if Nikki. you ever want the insights of uh, Nicole, tr- Nicole tried to kill herself, but really buried the lead by not getting into the Starbucks <laughs> material. Yeah, yeah. We talked the mostly about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and this was just a great time so let's hear a little bit of that okay back to so you worked at starbucks Um, i do want to talk about that i'm like i'm i'm vacillating between what's more important right now to me talking about your experience working at starbucks because she just told me on the break that she worked at starbucks and i'm like tell me what it's like on the other side tell her why she doesn't get her thing filled all the way up or whatever Oh uh, wait, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. I want to. We we will get to Starbucks talk because I am fast and and I am I am. Let's just get to Starbucks now. Who cares about your dumb suicide attempt? Yeah, one might have led to the other. <laughs> Working at Starbucks might have led to my suicide attempt. That's hilarious. I'm just um, kidding. It was before that. Yeah. Uh, Too many people so said their you name did was work Bart. At... <laughs> 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 so. 
Nicole, you worked at Starbucks. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone and been able to like interview them about what it's like on the other side. And yeah. I'm sure that a drone strike is being <laughs> issued for you right now <laughs> about what you're about to probably the, the coffee you're about to spill. Damn. Um, oh. Yeah, it was my first <laughs> job so when thirsty. I moved here. <laughs> spill the so, beans, coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Tell how did you end up working at Starbucks? Um, it was when I, I went to UCLA and I graduated and, but I had already decided that I was going to do stand up, And so I was kind of like, fuck my degree. Um, yeah. I need what to, did you get a degree in? Uh, political science. You're I'm, like barista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to know something equally as useless. Um, I got a political science degree. I was going to go to law school and then I uh, didn't. Yeah. But, um, I, I I moved home uh, to, to Orange County into my parents' house, and then I was like, I need to be back in L.A. because that's where I started stand-up, and I just, like, there there's a scene in Orange County, but, like, I just, I wanted to be in L.A., and I wanted yeah. to be around the people I already knew, and so I was like, any job, any job sure. in L.A., I didn't care, and so I just applied a bunch of places in L.A., and the first one I got was at Starbucks. Got it. Um, didn't uh, realize... It wasn't going to be enough for me to afford to live here. I don't understand. I'm like, there are Starbucks on every corner in L.A. People are working at... Yeah. Everyone in L.A. works at a Starbucks. But, yeah. like, how do you afford to... It's so you expensive don't. in this city. You're... And in New York. I'm like, yeah. how do we have people working these jobs in the most expensive city? I'm so grateful uh -huh. for them. I, I, tell me, Tell me the highs and lows of working there. Were there any highs? Uh, well, I mean, I like you. I love like Starbucks coffee. Like I would go there all the time. I spent way too much money on like so I got free drinks. Yeah, that's while great. I was working. Like l while you're working, you can make yourself a drink and have it. Um, yeah, I mean, you can have it like during your breaks and stuff. And then I would like come in, in the morning, like before my shift, and make one, and then just kind of keep it in the back and yeah. go back there and drink it. What about it or if you go to so other Starbucks? Can you get a uh, Ooh, free drink? Great question, Ian. No. Thank you. What? No, Damn. Discount? No. Uh, yeah, we got like a 30% discount. That's nothing. 30%? It should be 50. Come on, Starbucks. Yeah, if you're listening, got too many Starbucks. They got too many employees. They'd go out of business. Yeah. That's yeah, true. that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, oh, and I bet you a lot damn. of people like still have their, like, I don't know how, if, like, if I went and used my, I don't remember it, but my, like, employee ID, if they, like, right, disabled if it, it or if I could still use it. I yeah, no they're probably on top of that. They don't want to lose money, so they disabled probably. that shit. Um, but yeah, that was cool, and, and especially since when I first started working there, they would give me the f like four a.m. shifts. They were like, Ooh, "This is your shift nice. every morning," Whoa. and then I was doing stand up. So I was like, so doing you would go straight from stand up to." I was not sleeping. That's yeah. like part of the reason I was miserable. Sure, I, was not I, used to I would do roast do this battle. Also. And, yeah, or I would work I would night shifts. So yeah, you're like a zombie when you your schedule's yeah. like awful. that. It's oh, awful. It's so bad for your mental state yeah. to like just not sleep. And so like I would oh, do yeah. this thing where I would be like, oh, I can just go straight from the comedy store to work and it'll be fine. I'll take six shots of espresso since yep. it's free. Yeah. And so I was just like wildly unhealthy. I was not getting sleep and I was just like chugging espresso. Yeah. And like Ooh, it was doggy. awful. It takes me bad. But so I guess the free drinks weren't. <laughs> Great, because I was also probably like killing Feeding my an, heart. An addiction. Yeah, it's yeah. like a drug yeah. dealer who's like taking it, like 
drugs than yeah. yourselves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If I could inject it straight into my veins, I would. It got to the point now I'm like addicted to energy drinks because that's oh, all that no. does me. Oh, my God. What's your I, poison? I, yeah, I'll which drink one? like three a day, Monster. No. What do you like? Oh, like Monster. Blue I used to green. love Monster, too. The, oh, just the original yeah. flavor. Do you do the blue? Uh, no, I like the white one, just the Ultra Zero oh, one. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love you know that one. I, you know which I'm one's like, good. Oh, it has no sugar, so it's good about the There's the blue one that has no sugar. Yeah, blue is the best. Oh, maybe I'll try the blue. Dude, the blue light coffee so... one. Oh, I love that, that one. The light one. It's like 50 calories for a giant can. And it's oh, like, my God. It's like light brown or whatever. Me and my yes, buddy I... used to drink those like every time we were hungover. We swore it was like the cure to they everything. They are right so afterwards. delicious. And the, <laughs> They're so I, bad for you. Oh, yeah. dude. I used to be addicted to the Monster low sh- no sugar yeah. energy drink as dude, well. And like, I was falling I asleep remem- drinking them. I would Whoa. drink one and fall asleep like three quarters of the way into it because I was I so addicted. Yeah, I wasn't even doing it for you anymore. Yeah. Like because you get so yeah, I'm like that too. I have to drink like multiple, and I'm pretty sure like my heart is gonna explode. I had kidney yeah. stones recently, dude. And it might have been because of that. No, you oh did. shit! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> like right before the show, I was like in pain. Like, oh, I mean that's like the worst pain ever. Yeah, apparently. Ooh. Like right before that show, I was like trying to write for it. And I was just like oh, vomiting in pain. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! And I was like, "This isn't gonna go well." But it luckily, you gotta you gotta quit those, girl. Yeah. Like, let's oh, talk yeah. about it because I was yeah. addicted to those as well. And I remember being like, "And they're embarrassing to drink." Yeah. I mean, you look like oh, an addict. Sure. Like, I always used to <laughs> say that I wanted I would want to get them in a paper bag. Just <laughs> it is worse so than that no alcohol one for sure. It's so embarrassing yeah. to drink one. They're so. Big? Uh, yeah, yeah like, they have like the extra at the gas stations. They have like the extra big ones that have the weird top to yeah, them. Yeah. I got one of those and my, my friend, another comedian, was like, just do cocaine. Yeah. Like that's like, better it's for you. Like, just do yeah. And you sound like a yeah. mongoloid when you're like, oh, I really like green. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> flavor? Uh, blue. Uh, blue. Yeah. <laughs> I like blue. It's funny. Andy like, Stanford has to do Ever try beige? But like you can't, t- <laughs> like you could never take one of those to like a job interview like you could with coffee or whatever. <laughs> But he says God, it about Mountain Dew. So it's really funny. funny. Check out Andy Sanford's new special. Shameful information. Well, I, I, um, I, yeah, I was, I remember, like, I would, because I was, I got sober, like, seven years ago, but then I got Hell into yeah. those mm-hmm. in a big way. I think a lot of sober people are into energy yes. drinks. Yeah, and they I got brag about when it. when I tried to stop drinking, too. Yeah, and it's, um... The blue, though, it is so delicious. It, like, really is good. But it, I I really recommend if you're struggling with energy drink addiction, it is a real thing. Watch True Life on MTV. I'm addicted to energy drinks. Ooh, that's a good one. That woke me the fuck up because a girl is (laughs) on That's the only woke that Nikki is. (laughs) Yeah, that is is the only. (laughs) But, yeah, the energy drink didn't wake me up, but that. That fucking dead because this girl has like 20 a day and she was having heart murmur. Like it oh. is, it affects your health so negatively. The research isn't even out there yet. You got to wean yourself off those because yeah. it is just terrible for you on every level. Like it's bad <laughs> for you. Like it's just. Someday there's going to be a man. documentary about like the guy who invented Monster. It's like. 
he named the product after himself. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. The big, real monster. Big monster doesn't want you to know. The man the behind truth. the monster. Uh, th- yeah, they're really dangerous. If, if anyone wants to call in 1-844-COMEDY-9 and talk about um, maybe overcoming uh, an energy drink addiction, that would be awesome to hear from you. Or, um, or if you if want to talk about overcoming, it, where you come to Should I go much. to AA? <laughs> Honestly, there's should be an AA in your life. I would I'm love to be in a meeting with people sharing and someone's like, uh, I got a DUI and I lost my arm and then I chose vodka over my daughter's birthday and someone's like, I drink a lot of blue. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, everyone, much like the fact that Joe is in a wheelchair and Nicole is like, I feel like insecure oh, about my looks, one. but like, yeah, you sorry. just, you have, the, the everyone has a different thing and I'm not kidding you, energy drinks are, people are, are, their lives are being ruined by them. I really know that. And like, you're having, you feel your heart doing weird things, yes. right? Yeah, you can like feel your heart in your chest sometimes if you drink too much. I like that feeling sometimes. Of but course, you know that's why. Yeah, but it's don't. And my, it's I already a, have, let you know you're about to die. I already yeah. have a prescription for Adderall, so I'm already on that. Oh God, damn! Oh, you're doing Adderall monster. We, uh, I think we should talk to. Uh, <laughs> we got Raul let's, in New Mexico has a story about Raul. Red Bull. Whoa, let's, let's hold on. hear from you. What's All going right, on, Raul? Is Raul? Hey, how's it going, guys? How's hey, going? Raul. Hey. Yeah, I had a friend that was totally hooked on Red Bulls and. You know, uh, I, I play in a band, and one night after a show, we were talking with him, and he told us about how he had heart palpitations and had to see the doctor. And But he was drinking a Red Bull at the time. <laughs> and oh, damn. Yeah. yeah, within a year, he was dead. He had a heart attack. Dead. Damn. How old? <sighs> Did they say it was because no. of the energy drink? Well, you know, I think he might have partied a little bit, too. But Oh, well, I guess the Red Bull finally well, gave I'm him his wings. I'm not kidding you. Oh. Yeah, in our conversation with him, he was every indication was that to him was that it was his addiction to Red Bulls that the doctors were telling him he needed to cut out the Red Bull and shit like that. Listen, it's it's. I don't think the research is out there yet, but I definitely think it's killing people. I it's it's certainly not helping. Whatever yeah. heart condition he had, it probably uh-huh. exacerbated it. Um, yeah. It's a real thing, and I think that in the next five years, ten years, we're gonna start seeing. You know. We don't know it right now. People are just, we can get it willy-nilly. But like for Loco, yeah. the, the problem with these energy drinks Ooh. is when people mix alcohol and it's like an upper yeah. and a downer at the same time. Yeah. And so you, when your body is supposed to be going to sleep because you're drunk and you're supposed to be passing out so that you don't make bad decisions, it, your body keeps going. And that's shit. that's when people do crazy shit. Yeah. It's really dangerous. Four loco, but back to really Starbucks. Fucking yeah. jam, so I, I'll just, re- I'm going to read this one. Uh, Mike in Vermont yeah. said that uh, he overdosed on energy drinks and had to go to the hospital. Whoa. We have somebody else, Dukes in Detroit, said that Rockstar made her angry. Like she was drinking it a lot. And it was making her angry. Wait, let's go to Can her. We talk to Wait. her? Okay. Hold on yeah. one sec. All right. Uh, Dukes. Hey. What's up? So what are you talking about? It made you angry. Yeah, like when I was in college, I was working two jobs. I was in college, and I used to like drink Rockstar energy drink. And I thought that I was just mean. And one day at work, <laughs> at one of my jobs, <laughs> no, seriously, I, I, I <laughs> no, I thought that it was just me. And I cussed this old lady out at work. Like she yeah. had been there for a lot, like a years, and I was a pimp. And I cussed her out because okay, I cussed her out. And like she, she had like went to a different area, crying and wrote a letter, and everything. And I thought I was just mean. Wow. And 
I was just like going off on people and I had to like stop like drinking and I'm like, okay, it's I am mean but like I'm not that mean. It's the energy drinks and also it makes me shit a lot. I don't think it's like it definitely is anybody else? Yeah. 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 Girl, it's just it's uh, any stimulant. from your mouth to your ass. Uh, any oh, stimulant man. like that does that, though. Because, yeah, you're right, Dukes. You're absolutely right. Like, whenever I, because I sometimes will indulge in a sugar-free Red Bull before a show or, like, in between a t- two-show night if I'm doing two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'll just uh, do, I'll, like, chug half of one before I go on stage. And I immediately have Red Bull farts, Red Bull shit. <laughs> like, your body just feels different. Like, I, I know it, like, almost is the same. Like, do you know what I'm, yeah, you, now you I'm have like, it all the time. Now I'm like, oh, is that why I'm gross? Yeah. Yes. You know, oh, if, yeah, yeah, it's why your asshole's constantly yeah, leaking. It is. I, Nicole, I know because I've yeah. had Red Bull asshole. Uh, Red <laughs> Bull asshole. Red Bull asshole. True. Man. All right. That was the last clip you're going to hear from us today. And now, a little, uh, just a little chit chat between me and Ian. Mm-hmm. We're. We're just happy you listened, and uh, if you're if you're enjoying the show, how about you give it a little rating and review on iTunes? That helps us out a little bit. And hey, yeah. also while you're at it, why don't you just subscribe your little ass to Sirius XM because we do eight hours a week every week here, and uh, we have a lot of fun in the studio, mm-hmm. and a lot of it doesn't make it to the podcast. So, but the podcast is good because you get a little taste. You get that little taste. It's like when you're at the food court at the mall, and they yeah. give you that little skewer of chicken, and you're Yes. Like, I'm never going to actually buy this place. Well, not, come on back but, and buy some. I'm just going to slowly eat this yes. uh, this chicken until I'm full. Take a bite of our general salad and then come back and buy the whole meal. Yeah, you don't have to like keep putting on disguises and coming back to the podcast. Or putting to, three children us in a trench more. coat to get more. <laughs> you can just pay it, what, 14, 15 bucks a month and, you, and you'll hear us every day. Yeah, um, simple. Simple. So yeah, uh, check that out. Nikki has some tour dates that uh, I'm sure you'll see also us on probably. And if you go to her Instagram, uh, she posted a little a little picture of it. The uh, the getting ready for a Netflix special tour. And what's her Instagram? Her Instagram, I think it's just Nikki Glazer. I'm gonna be honest with you. And what's your Instagram? Mine is Tom Takar. Oh, what do you got over there? You're mine. Well, mine's at. I animal. I A N I M A L. Every day I do song parodies with uh, that I throw squirt into because that's what we say on this show. Squirt, squirt. Uh, things like squirt, 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 squirt. Um, it's pretty stupid, uh, but uh, if you want to tweet them at me, I read them sometimes on the show. Uh, I think that's. I think that covers it today. Oh, wait a second! What you get a little reward for no. sticking around to this part of the podcast? Oh my goodness! Ian has yes. got a little secret. That's to right. Share. I have a little secret. Sec- little secret. Little secret to share. Is Andrew Collin here? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just did my one man show. Uh, my oh boy, now I forget my secret. My secret is uh, I got. <laughs> Okay, whatever. It's squirt, squirt, baby. Squirt, squirt. I got my butt eaten. And, Hell yeah. Uh, I liked it. It is my new thing. How many if calories is in your butt? If it, it's it's on the Atkins diet, you <laughs> won't go into ketosis. And if you're a guy, open your life up to butt play because it's an erogenous zone and it don't make you gay. Do it, baby. Do it. Do it. And uh, my reward for you, I don't have a secret today, but hey, if you subscribe to SiriusXM, I'll suck your little dick. I don't care. Whoa! Why not? 
Can I, can I promise that? I'm going <laughs> to subscribe legal? twice. <laughs> well, I can't say that on the on the books, I guess. But hey, it's a little wink and a nod. <laughs> uh, tap your foot twice if you come to a show. Oh, uh, underneath the bathroom stall. That's right. When I'm in a bathroom stall, I'm tapping my feet like Baryshnikov, <laughs> like a Russian ballet. You're tapping there. it on the sink. Nikki's off doing something with the the CERN people, so that's why she couldn't be here right now. But she misses you. We speak on behalf of her. Yes. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week on You Up. Love you lot. Squirt, squirt. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.